everybody. Welcome into RotoFanatic.com's Morning Relay. This is your daily breakdown of the fantasy baseball realm. Pleasure to have you aboard. Today, it's a twosome. It's a twofer. Uh, it's technically Tuesday night. We just witnessed a miraculous, almost perfect game, but not quite perfect. A no-hitter by Lucas Giolito. Nathan Dockin is here to talk about it with me and more. Nathan, what's going on, my man? What is up? It is glad it is a, a very uh, nice to be back with you after I was off on Sunday, had some other things going on. So it feels good to be back in the saddle again. And uh, even though it's just the two of us, it feels uh, we're, we're just podcasting, but this feels more intimate. Like there's no crowd, you know, <laughs> we could say whatever we want. This feels like a very safe space here. It does. Yes, I feel very comfortable. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to have the safe <laughs> space, Nathan. Yeah, uh, we got the no-hitter. I mean, right off the bat, a quick analysis of this. What can you say? It's a really solid no-hitter. He's got back-to-back 13K outings. And by the way, the competition of those two outings, I think it matters a little bit because it was the Tigers in the last one, and this was against the Pirates, who are a putrid, putrid offense. Probably, I think it's safe to say, the worst offense in baseball. But still, it's a no-no, and it was one walk shy of a perfect game. What do you make of uh, Giolito right now? Yeah, this is a little bit more along the lines of what people were hoping for when they drafted Lucas Giolito to be probably their ace. And we spoke, I think it was last time that I was on the show about a week ago, and we had talked about Giolito and how he was a pretty good buy low right now. Everything looked like it was in line. You know, maybe it's just uh, the the walks were too high, so maybe it's just kind of a mechanical thing that he was kind of working out. And like you said, you know, the matchups have definitely helped, but he has got everything obviously uh, straightened out here uh, near almost it was almost a Maddox right where you throw the no-no and under 100 pitches he was at 101 pitches so just a truly dominant performance against like you said a truly putrid Pirates lineup so that does help so you have to take that into account that's kind of what we were looking at with Trevor Bauer earlier on in the season where I didn't want to raise him up too high because he had just faced such an easy slate of opponents I didn't want to get too far ahead of myself of course now this past week I moved him into the top 10 and my top 100 starting pitchers and Lucas Giolito uh, had just moved up into the top 20. He was down at 23 just because he was struggling, you know, still in kind of that ace tier. Uh, but he moved to 19 this past week, and obviously he'll continue to move forward with performances like this. But there was never any reason to not start him, especially in uh, a matchup like this. So hopefully everybody was able to soak in this beautiful no hitter. Ah, yes. And uh, Nathan's also referring to his. Starting pitcher barometer just came out on Tuesday. It's available on rotofanatic.com. Comes out every week. Nathan updates his rankings, gives you a little tidbit on a couple of pitchers. So please check that out because uh, this guy knows what he's doing. And I'm not just saying that because he's my partner, rotofanatic.com. I'm genuinely telling you this guy knows starting pitching. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter, roto underscore fanatic at roto underscore fanatic. So. We got a no-hitter. That's cool. Giolito's a stud. Uh, let me ask you something real quick here. Would you rather have, we're going to talk about a guy in a second, Giolito or Tyler Glass now? I, I am going to stick with Lucas Giolito pretty easily. I was not a Glass oh. now guy coming into the season. And this this was a truly dominant start that he just put up uh, tonight as I look up what that line was. Um, but for me, I mean, Glass now, he's going to have nights like this. It's been even rockier out of the gate than I had anticipated as he went uh, two runs and in seven innings, one walk, 13 strikeouts. So obviously an ace-like line tonight, but, you know, still just chucking up those two pitches. And obviously they were working great tonight. But, um, you know, I'm definitely going to take Giolito's 
2019 that he he made so many adjustments and he's got the uh, the full arsenal versus Tyler Glass now, you know, just a four seam and the breaking pitch as I try to find where his numbers are were, were for tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I'm still, oh God, it sounds bad with like one walk tonight to say that I'm not fully bought in to his improved walk rate from last year because he had always struggled with command before that. Um, but on the season, you know, still a four or five walks per nine. So I guess that kind of backs up my hesitation to fully buy in here. But I yeah. mean, you know, so if you drive to glass now, this is what you're hoping for. But I think this is the top of the mountain. And I think that there's going to be a lot more volatility to come. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Mike Clevenger's coming back on Wednesday. Uh, what do you think? If Clevenger's pitching, you prefer Clevenger over glass now or you take glass now over Clevenger? Uh, yeah, easily Clevenger. Um, really yeah, easily, easily Clevenger. Yeah, I guess uh, so I'm low on glass now, I guess, compared to the consensus as I try to where, where do I even have him? Uh, glass now is picture number 34 for me in my top 100. And, uh, Clevenger was this past week at number, I had him in the top five before I, I lowered him before 12. Yep. Yeah. So I, I really love Clevenger's stuff. He was off to a slow, a slow start this year, but I mean, we saw, what he was able to do last year. It was just elite, elite stuff. Um, yeah, obviously the walk rate was higher this year compared to what you'd want to see. The strikeouts weren't right there. The VLO was down a little bit, uh, but I think that he will be able to get back out there. Hopefully he's got his head on a little straighter. Um, you know, Whoa, it, no guarantees there, Nathan. No, I don't know. I mean, he's got to put that hair on something, but <laughs> yeah. So the peripherals are pretty ugly. This year. I guess it's just kind of blind faith in Clevenger based on what yeah. we saw last year, how elite he can be. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I got kind of annoyed by it. I was a, I was a huge Clevenger guy in the preseason. I bought him yeah, everywhere same. and it's been a big bummer that he had to get demoted for his silliness, which you know, probably was deserved, but I actually got rid of him in my home league last week, uh, in a package to get Garrett Cole. And it was a lot cause I gave up Clevenger mm -hmm. and some other draft picks. It's a dynasty league, but, uh, I was, I was really just kind of sick of his antics because he wasn't that great to start the year either. And, with the injury concerns and somewhat inconsistency, he can be truly dominant. You're right. But there's just enough things where I, I was like, if I can get out of this Clevenger situation, I want it out. And I don't really regret it, even though I love his stuff. His slider is hellishly awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. You do have the injury bug kind of lurking in the background there. And uh, it's it's funny because you said that dynasty trade. I'm like, man, that seems like almost a lot to give up for Cole. But I forget that Clevenger is 29 himself. You know, and you've got that injury stuff to deal with. Yeah, he with, seems so. younger, doesn't he? Well, it seems like he hasn't been as round as long. Oh, yeah, just because he, you know, he didn't have his breakout until he was already well into his 20s. So yep. um, it's going to be probably a pretty short peak for him. Oh, boy. Well, hey, he's back. So if you've been looking forward to Clevenger returning on Wednesday, he's coming back to Cleveland. Congratulations. They're going to showcase him so they can trade him to the Yankees, probably. All right. Uh, <laughs> so Glass now comes back strong. Looks really good. Best start of the year. That's nice. Uh, the race closer situation, Ed Garcia got the save. Congratulations, Ed Garcia. If you had Ed Garcia in the race closer pool, you win tonight. So, uh, but now, can you really make any sense of that closer situation right now? Because with all the injuries and all the arms that they like to use anyways, I'm sure you would probably say just avoid it completely. Yeah, you would be correct. Yes, uh, I'm gonna stay away from uh, Edgar Garcia and just that whole. You know, everybody who's uh, actually one of those elite arms in the back of that pen is pretty much on the IL at this point. 
Um, John Curtis, of all people, I believe, recorded a save earlier this week. Former Minnesota Twins reliever who I think was just flat out DFA'd by the team. So if that tells you kind of what we're dealing with here. Um, the probably Rays love the scrap heap. So. Yeah, <laughs> they, they do. do. So, yeah, I think it's Diego Castillo or bust for me right now. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm trying to avoid it myself, too. But, hey, if you're in the mix and you're desperate for saves, you know, Jalen Beeks, who the hell knows? To Roll the dice, my friends. Brian Anderson of the Marlins. The Marlins were playing the Mets. The Mets returned to action. There was a doubleheader. In fact, the second game of the doubleheader is still going on as we speak. They're in the fourth inning. No score. Pretty boring affair. But uh, Brian Anderson had a nice first game. I'm wondering, Brian Anderson was somebody that was on a lot of sleeper lists. Uh, I know a few people that I respect were really pushing for him to break out this year. It hasn't really happened so far. But uh, it was a nice little outing for him today. He had a couple of hits against the Mets in the first game of the doubleheader. What do you think of Brian Anderson going forward? Is this somebody you'd be looking to pick up on? Or is he just kind of a, he's just another guy out there that doesn't really wow you? The dude has like the most generic name ever. And that's exactly <laughs> the, the type of stats that he's going to give you. Is just like generic uh, outfield stat, like fill-in guy stats. I just, yeah. he was not a sleeper for me. It's not like he's got any flashy standout tools. He's just kind of a compiler. Like he's got some power. He makes some contact. But, um, you know, it's it's been rough sledding so far this year. And I was not in on him coming into the season, especially. I mean, it's hard to be real thrilled about a whole lot of hitters on that Marlins team. You know, they're playing in that huge cave. And uh, it's not exactly a ritzy lineup that's going to be uh, full of runs scored. So I kind of tried to just stay away from the entire entire Marlins lineup this year. So, yeah, I don't have a whole lot of interest in Brian Anderson outside of some blase deep league filler. Uh, Brian Anderson or Tommy Listella? Uh, I would just blindly go with Listella. Not that I've really been paying attention to what he's been doing this year. <laughs> so as long as he's kind of a warm body just doing Tommy Listella things, at least he's going to uh, generally give you some pretty good batting average. That's true. Listella's been heating up lately. He's doing that Listella thing that a lot of people didn't buy last year. So he's an interesting player to watch. Uh, what about Mr. Javier, Christian Javier? Steady as she goes. He had a solid outing in the first game of the doubleheader that was pushed up because of Tropical Storm Laura down in Houston. Last night it was Framber Valdez. Today it's Christian Javier. The young arms of the Astros seem to be uh, worthwhile. And in Dynasty Leagues, I think both those guys are certainly in play. But as far as Christian Javier, I actually talked about him on the Quality Start video this morning. And I said that I like Valdez better because I just saw some weaknesses in Javier's game that make me question he can hold up during this season. What's your take on Christian Javier? You're the starting pitching guru, my friend. Yeah, I'm not getting ahead of myself on Christian Javier just yet. It was, uh, you know, pretty uh, another good start. He's just been kind of stringing these uh, starts along. But, um, yeah, four seam slider changeup, 31% CSW tonight. Pretty, you know, average kind of all-around stuff. I just am not fully bought in that the command has really come along and it's going to be a sustainable thing for him mm -hmm. moving forward. I would agree that I'm, I'm more in on Framber Valdez. I uh, think that uh, the strikeout rate, you know, strikeout upside is a little bit higher, a little less volatility in the walk rate. And obviously the numbers that he's put up so far have been pretty darn good. So yeah. I've, uh, I've never been a frambling man, as I like to say, <laughs> uh, coming into this year. But uh, he looks a lot better this year. He's improved. So I'm going to I'm going to buy in at least in the short term. Oh, I'm totally stealing that. 
I love that. <laughs> born, born Framlin, man. <laughs> I love that. I'm using that on the video very soon. Oh, by the Dude. way, hey, in real time, look who's up. Brian Anderson's up with runners on the corners and one out. Isn't that exciting? Oh, man. I hope he makes me look like a tool on this podcast. <laughs> Just blasts a bomb right now. Yeah, well, I mean, any scoring would be beneficial in the second game of this doubleheader. Still no score. <laughs> uh, you're listening to The Morning Relay. This is rotofanatic.com's daily breakdown of the fantasy baseball realm. I'm Michael Govier, and me and Nathan Dawkins are talking shop as we move forward from Tuesday's action. Rich Hill showed signs of life a little bit. Not great. I mean, it wasn't a mind-blowing start where you'd sit back and go, wow. I need me some Rich Hill in my life immediately. No, that was not the case. But, hey, it was better than his last start, and he's also healthy, or at least pitching. Five innings, one earned, two walks, five Ks, and uh, he, they ended up losing to Cleveland 4-2. to two. Rich Hill, I mean, he's old as hell, and you know the story with Rich Hill. He's a blister away from the IL. Uh, do you take anything from this as a more positive kind of trend forward for him, or are you just like, eh, I don't care? Yeah, the positive trend for him right now is that he's back on the mound, at least. Um, so it's good for the Twins. It's good for him to kind of get some more innings under his belt. I think I joked uh, a week or two ago, or maybe it was even just in my SP barometer. Everything's a blur, but um, just the Twins would just like to pretty much get him back for the playoffs at this point. Just throw you know a handful of shutout innings in the playoffs, and like your job is done. Good job, Rich Hill. Go back to doing whatever weird stuff you do off the mound. Um, <laughs> so it's like he... <laughs> He had a, a he threw a ton of curveballs. It was forty five percent curveballs tonight. What he and threw curveballs? Yeah, I know, right? But yeah, so <laughs> more than his fastball, and it was just a twenty three percent CSW. And I watched a good chunk of that, of of his start, just five whiffs on that curveball. Um, that you know, big looper. Just he was not really attacking the zone too much. He wasn't able to command it particularly well, and he wasn't getting a lot of whiffs on it either. So, uh, honestly, I think he was probably pretty fortunate to get away with the line that he had. Um, so I'm not necessarily going over the moon for him. Um, I would like to see, uh, you know, maybe that now that he's back, that command kind of comes back a little bit more. But I like, like I said, I have him at, what, 69. So he's pretty much a streaming option for me. Typical Rich Hill stuff. Don't expect a whole lot of innings. Uh, hopefully, they're good. By the way, Brian Anderson update. Brian rips a two-run double down the line. <laughs> it's 2 nothing, Marlin. Too perfect. There it is. He just heard like me. He asked for. As I he just did. had to. I had to fuel him. He's I, he feeds <laughs> on the haters. Is is what it is. Go. He's yeah. He's known for that. Yeah. He he thrives off the negativity. Right. He loves it. Uh, yeah. So Brian Anderson having a nice doubleheader. The Cleveland offense, by the way, in this game between Minnesota and Cleveland uh, looked not great again. I mean, they've really struggled to put runs on the board. They were able to get Shane Bieber another victory, which is great for Shane Bieber and his Cy Young candidacy. But Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor have not been powerhouses, but Lindor did hit a homer, so that's good news. And the last couple of games, uh, Jose Ramirez has been hitting a little bit more. What's your take on these two guys? Are, are these guys that... I mean, in Dynasty, they're keepers, they're studs. You're not getting rid of them, most likely. However, in redraft leagues, would you be looking to move these guys if they heat up to gain another piece if you're making a playoff push? I don't really know what you'd be trading for and hoping to get a profit right now. Uh, I think you got to hang on to these. I mean, these guys are both superstars. Jose has had you know, a, a pretty big cold snap here after starting pretty blistering uh, to the season. But you can't complain. He, he stole two bases today. He stole, I believe, second and third in the bottom of the first inning on two pitches. 
uh, if no. I remember correctly. Yeah. So well, he's, you're a Twins fan. I'm sure you remember that very clearly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bad stuff tends to stand out in my mind. Uh, of course, <laughs> any day is rough when you're facing Shane Bieber. My God, that man can pitch. But that's why I have him a lot of fantasy teams this year. So at least there's that. While that, while he stabs me in my Twins heart, at least he's. Uh, bringing my fantasy team some glory. But yeah, Jose Ramirez still steals two more bases, up to eight on the season. There's not a whole lot of other players in baseball who are A, going to get you that many stolen bases in this season, and B, not completely tank you everywhere else, you know, like a Malik Smith, like an Adalberto Montesi is doing so far, just killing people right now. Uh, so, yeah. But Lindor yeah. has zero. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a huge problem because his his top 10 value was based on the steals and they're not there at all. He's had the Trey Turner disease. At least Trey Turner started stealing a little bit. But Lindor at that three spot now in the lineup, I think is really detrimental to his steal value. Yeah, that could be a part of it as well. Like, and I kind of was drafting him at that 30-20 floor. You know, I was really high on him. I took him, I believe, fourth overall in one league. Wow. So, yeah, so I was really, really high on him. And, you know, like you said, uh, batting third, you know, that's, that's going to be beneficial for your RBI count, but it might also hamper your stolen base opportunities. And we have seen that so far, just 0 for 1 on the season. He's attempted only one run. So it would be pretty weird if that was just like a philosophical change on his part at 26 years old that yeah. you know i've i've stolen 25 22 bases each of the last couple of years and now it's just not part of my game anymore so i think this might just be one of those small sample size things unless there's something sort of slowing him down ailing ailing him that uh, we don't really know about right now but um, you know both him and jose ramirez uh strikeout rate is up a little bit uh, contact is down across the board so I'm not looking into it too terribly much. I am kind of, I don't know, quietly a little bit worried about Jose Ramirez because that contact rate continues to fall and fall and fall from his like elite contact days, but not to the point where I'm super worried yet. But I mean, you got to hang on to both these guys, keep trotting them out there and hope for the best. Okay. Well, that's one way to do it. I uh, actually moved Lindor a couple weeks ago and I don't regret it at all because I just feared that the steals are over. I know he, it, it would seem silly for him to say, you know, I'm done stealing now. It would seem like a strange switch, but. I just don't see how he's going to start stealing all of a sudden. We're halfway through this season, which is totally insane to say. But uh, I have got. Oh, it is. Well, what did you what did you get in return? Oh, I uh, got Correa and JD Davis. Okay. So I didn't get any more steals really, but I just tr this is also an OBP league, so I wanted someone who gets on base more. And Lindor does hit for average, but he does not get on base a lot. He doesn't walk as much. So. Right. Yeah, that's true. And that's, yeah, he does take a hit in OBP format there. Uh, 63rd percentile sprint speed this year. So, I mean, he's never really been a huge burner. You look at his first couple of years and he was below 20 steals, you know, so, but yeah. it's just for them to completely evaporate. That's just, I don't yeah. know. That, that would really, really surprise me. Yeah, it's bizarre. Here on the Morning Relay, we talk about the bizarre, the weird, the kooky. And that's just another example of it right there. Speaking of kooky, Jake Arietta. It was a mystery. This guy was a Cy Young winner. It's hard to believe that that really happened because, <laughs> I mean, it was only four or five years ago. This guy was a Cy Young winner for the Cubs, and now he's an afterthought. But on Tuesday against the Nats, he had five innings, three hits, one earned, one walk, one strikeout, one homer. A lot of ones across the board. Nothing flashy here. Is Arietta even in your top 75 at this point? Because I would think he probably isn't, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. Arietta is not in my top 100. So there you go. Yeah, okay. there's just uh, not a lot of strikeout upside here at all. Uh, I did have a 31% CSW tonight. So um, there is that. He went to the slider uh, a little bit more. 
at uh, 19% of the time, change at 15% of the time. And I believe that's a little bit of a mishmash of what he's been doing so far this year. Um, yeah, looks like sliders more early this year. Um, fewer changeups, just not a lot of swings and misses here. And so that's just really caps his upside. And there's a lot of volatility behind there as well. I mean, even after this pretty solid start, he had one strikeout tonight, 432 ERA. Um, you know, XFIP, I guess, likes him at 388, but I just really don't. When you have a strikeout rate that low, you have to really be able to place every, like, you have to be more Keikel ish, you know? Mm-hmm. And Arietta is just not there yet for me. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised to hear that. No interest in Arietta myself, but, you know, some people like to hold on to the past and they think, hey, I got this guy. He was so good. And it's not about what they've done, it's about what they'll do for you now, right? So. Speaking of uh, getting torched and a player that you shouldn't trust, Brandon Bielak got torched by the Angels. Uh, Brandon Bielak's been a guy that uh, some people have been sniffing around on. I'm sure he's more thing. He's nothing more than a streamer, really, but uh, you know, not a great outing for him tonight. That's bogus. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel heated up. Warming up recently. Lourdes Gurriel starting to make some good contact, get on base, hit some homers. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel is a player that I kind of like as a buy low in fact i probably would have done it maybe like four days ago what's your take on guriel at this time i had been worried about guriel actually i liked him a lot coming into the season uh towards the end of draft time his adp kind of got a little bit higher than i had preferred and i play in a lot of OBP, obp leagues as well so lordis is not exactly a prime target there as a very aggressive hitter but um, hit for a ton of power down the stretch there last year after he came up from uh, AAA. And oh, this yeah. year, yeah, this was uh, a slow start to the year. His hard contact had been down quite a bit, uh, down to 40%, 43% last year. And it was even higher over the second half. Uh, but just swinging a little bit more, um, you know, 13.2% swinging strike rate is not great. So the strikeout rate. Um, still hovering over 21%. Not bad, actually. That's an improvement from last year now that I look at it. But uh, we just started off pretty cold. You know, I think that uh, I would like to see more stolen bases. He did chip in six last year. Um, I think that power is going to start to creep back a little bit. You know, just a little bit of a slow start out of the gates. Maybe he's just a slow starter. You know, we saw that obviously last year as well. So um, if you have Lourdes, hang on to him stick him on your bench if you're loaded elsewhere but yeah things i think are looking a little bit better for him maybe he's turning a corner here yeah three home runs over the last week that's promising in the power department mm-hmm. let's talk cubs tigers last night the cubs and the tigers went head to head well it's it's last night for you guys we're still on the Tuesday. <laughs> it's tonight for us but that's semantics it doesn't matter tyler chatwood and Spencer Turnbull went head-to-head, but it didn't last very long because Chatwood got run out the building. He had five walks in his return off the IL. Not pretty. Uh, th- and the walks are the thing that people always look for as the biggest red flag when it comes to Chatwood. Are you just going to ignore this because he's coming off an injury, or do the walks concern you? No, I uh, I mentioned, you know, again, I can't remember where I said this, but uh, every time I think of Ch- Tyler Chatwood, like he had made some changes earlier this year, but... I, I can't wash the taste of that 8.25 walks per night out of my mouth from 2018. It was just completely insane that he was able to walk that many people over the span of over hundred innings. And uh, this is giving me flashbacks. Uh, <laughs> I'm having, I'm having nightmares right now. Easy, easy. Yeah. Breathe. It, it's very stressful seeing that line. So yeah, I'm going to have to bump him down a little bit farther. You know, he's uh, still missing bats, but 
yeah, this this is very concerning for me. So I'm probably going to take a wait and see approach, at least for the next start here for Chatwood, see if he can uh, get that uh, control reined in a little better. Okay. And Turnbull, is he more than a streamer? I mean, in Dynasty, obviously Turnbull has real value. That goes without saying, hopefully. Uh, but in terms of redraft leagues, 15 team leagues, definitely ownable in my opinion. But 12 team leagues, Turnbull, a uh, guy that you would own outright or more of a streamer? He's right on that cusp for me. It kind of depends on your league format. He is the SP 39 for me um, this week. So, I mean, a guy who's been uh, missing a fair number of bats, not as many as I would have preferred. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It slipped recently. He was, he came out hot and the last couple yeah. starts have been, you know, not great until right. today. It was okay. Yeah. He's kind of been just treading water for me on the list. Um, so you know, you would think with that slider that he would be missing more bats like he was yeah. initially, but yeah, so that's kind of weird. So, I mean, I would keep riding the train while it's working, but, uh, you know, don't get ahead of yourself. Maybe he's a good sell high now that we're kind of talking about this out loud. If you can sell him as like an SP two based mm -hmm. on the, uh, the sub three ERA to this point, I, I wouldn't hesitate to do that, but I'm not going to leave him for dead just yet. I liked him last year. I still like him now. Great. Uh, I love it. Thank you. I, Actually, was a little afraid this week because the Cubs matchup I thought would be bad. He had three walks, which is a little high for Turnbull, but he actually uh, limited the damage. But he's got the Twins up next, and that's not a good matchup for him either. Ooh. So I would probably avoid that one. Sell high now <laughs> before that sell. matchup. Sell, sell, now. sell, sell, sell. <laughs> run away, run away. Yes. <laughs> uh, Castillo. Luis Castillo, that is. And Brandon Woodruff went head-to-head -head last night. I love both these pitchers. And this was the highlight of the day for me to see these guys go head-to-head. -head. Uh, it didn't end up being the pitcher's duel that I thought it would be in terms of like going way deep into the games and having double-digit strikeouts from both guys. Neither one did that. I mean, Castillo, six innings, two earned, four walks, nine Ks. Woodruff, six innings, two earned, one walk, eight Ks. Which of these guys do you like better? I like Castillo better as I consult my rankings. They're both basically ranked as aces for me. Yeah, I've got Woodruff. He rose to 14 this past week. Castillo, I bumped down to eight. So they're both kind of in that same tier. Um, Woodruff, I was not a believer in coming into the year, and he has definitely proven me wrong. He's been very impressive so far. Me too. And me too. I totally was like, this guy is a fraud. And I actually traded for him a couple weeks ago and I flipped because you got to adapt with the times. If you're wrong about something, you got to admit it and then you got to adjust. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you got to be humble in this game uh, to make shrewd moves. Otherwise, I mean, if you just, especially in the shortened season, if you sit around and wait for these guys to do what you think they were going to do when you drafted them, even though it was just a couple weeks ago, you're going to be screwed. Uh, there's no time <laughs> to sit on your thumbs uh, during this season. So yeah, who knows if Brian Anderson will uh, you know blow up tomorrow or be out for the year? You never know. He's gonna hit four home runs this next week. This <laughs> way, pick him up now, folks. Yep. Nathan Dawkins speaks. If he's if he doesn't want it to happen, it will happen. That's the <laughs> rule of fantasy baseball. That's it. Uh, by the way, Joey Votto continues to hit leadoff. I don't know why that's happening. Uh, the Votto uh, Renaissance that some people were predicting definitely not going to happen this year. Uh, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Brad Miller deserves our respect. He deserves a quick mention on this show. He's playing well. He's been hitting well. I picked him up in TGFBI for like two bucks on Fab Bid on Sunday. And uh, I put him right in the lineup. He had three hits Monday, and he continues to produce. So uh, Brad Miller is the kind of guy who can go streaky, and you can ride him for as long as uh, he produces, and then you dump him. Is that pretty much fair to say? 
Hell yeah. I love me some Brad Miller. <laughs> I've been, I don't know. The, so one of my weaknesses is just Mariners middle infielders in general. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. There's every single one that they churn out, I just fall in love with all of them. This is a long time ago now for Brad Miller, uh, since he's even <laughs> been on the Mariners uh, as kind of a journeyman at this point in his career. But yeah, exactly like you said, he's one of those guys who just kind of shows up on whatever team decides to drop him a one-year deal um, you know, in this offseason. And he'll have these, these spans where he is actually a useful fantasy asset. He can hit for power, doesn't really give you a whole lot of speed. He's a little bit better in uh, OBP format. And he's been drawing a ton of walks so far this year, 18% yeah. walk rate so far. And he's been very patient at the plate. So, I mean, we've seen weirder uh, late career renaissances than Brad Miller right here at age 30. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not necessarily sold on any kind of, you know, batting average uh, explosion as his contact rate sits at sub 70% so far. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely ride this train while you can. And he might be multi-position eligible. He's been kind of hopping around that infield. Hey, I like that. That's smart. Last thing for the morning relay review of Tuesday. How about Chris Paddock? He got jumped on by the Mariners in the first inning. And there's a lot of talk now. There's buzz going around that maybe Paddock is not 100% because this is a kind of a trend right now. His fastball velocity is down, and he's getting ripped pretty hard on the four-seamer. He's, he's able to pitch five innings, even though he gave up the six earned runs. One walk, seven Ks. So maybe some of this is premature. What's your take on Paddock at this time? It is a little worrisome uh, with the fastball, like you said. Um, Four-seamer last year, 275 Woba this year, 445. Woo. And, yeah, it's like you said, it's just it's not been good this year. Everything else is kind of in place, though, but uh, not missing bats like you would expect. The control is still there, so, you know, maybe he is kind of nursing along a little bit of an injury, but I think, I mean, you, you spent an earlier-round draft pick on him, and he hasn't been terrible, terrible, you know? He's... Uh, he's, he's still somebody who I'm going to keep trotting out there until something, you know, goes wrong. Maybe he lands on the IL or something like that. He's not been a guy who has piled up the innings by any means, especially, yeah. uh, you know, throughout the minor leagues, he's dealt with injuries before. So maybe there is something that is here, but for now, I think if I have him, I'm just going to keep rolling him out there and hoping for the best. Want a wing and a prayer. Yep. That's how it goes sometimes. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to RotoFanatic.com's Morning Relay. This is the Wednesday show, even though we're still on Tuesday time. And as we kind of wrap things up here, Nathan, and we look towards Wednesday's slate, uh, I am excited for the debut of Ian Anderson. It was supposed to happen on Tuesday, but they had a rain out. So Garrett Cole and Ian Anderson will tow the rubber in the ATL. What's your quick thoughts on Ian Anderson and your expectations? Yeah, another exciting call up here. A former third overall draft pick back in 2016. So he's going to join the ranks of uh, Sixto Sanchez and Casey Myers and all these great pitchers that are coming up all of a sudden. Everyone except the one that I was in love with is Forrest Whitley, of course, who was injured. So <laughs> not that I'm bitter about seeing everybody else getting called up and not Forrest Whitley. I told but... you guys, whatever Nathan <laughs> wants, the opposite will happen. So just paste your fantasy opinions off that. Yeah, so everything you hear me say today, just do the opposite, and you'll you'll be great. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, you, well, it's what you want to happen. No, your opinions on analysis is legit, but the things that you actually would like to see, they won't. Okay, happen. okay, <laughs> yeah, that adds up. <laughs> so Ian Anderson, I mean, this is going to be a great game to watch. Obviously, Cole on the mound, gotta love that. Uh, Ian Anderson, very highly considered uh, prospect. Fastball, curveball, changeup, uh, but the command—you know—he misses a lot of bats, but the command 
has not been there, kind of like Kyle Wright in the same system in that regard. So I am going to definitely not be starting Ian Anderson in his debut. I'm going to take more of a wait-and-see approach here, uh, especially in a tough matchup. But it's going to be fun to watch him regardless. And if you're in a deeper league, you might want to snap him up now and just maybe bench him. Uh, because you know the the Braves have been dealing with plenty of uh, turnover in that rotation this year, so if he pitches well, he can stick around. Yeah, uh, Aaron Judge will be back too. He's off the IL officially, mm. so that's bad news for Ian Anderson, unfortunately. Okay, well, hey, I am excited to see that debut. Can't wait. I love baseball. We're gonna watch more of it on Wednesday, and stay tuned to RotoFanatic.com for everything you need. We got you covered. Check out Nathan's starting pitcher barometer article which we referenced several times in the show already so we shoved it down your throats until you just can't take it anymore and you got to read the whole damn thing that's right go give it a click or else <laughs> all right hey nathan tell people where uh, where they can find you i am on the twitter at nathan dokken d-o-k-k-e-n that is my name and that is where you can find my thoughts and prayers regarding <laughs> fantasy baseball and uh, the twins <laughs> T's and P's, T's and P's. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I'm MJ Govier on Twitter. Send me a DM. You want to talk fantasy? You want to throw me a trade scenario? I love that stuff. I'm a sick individual, and I just can't get enough of it. What can I say? Uh, don't forget to go to Roto Fanatic on Twitter as well. At Roto underscore Fanatic. We're there with everything that we're releasing daily. Okay, this has been the Morning Relay for Tuesday for the Wednesday show. <laughs> we're out of here. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks, Nathan.